What is up, football fans? Welcome back to another episode of Pound the Pigskin, where it's all football all the time. This is your host, Steve Hillen, along with your fellow football host, Alex DeMarine Ruiz, Matt Baird, Kaczynski. Gentlemen, we are continuing along on our Division Dive series. We're going to look into the NFC West this week. We'll touch up on a couple of other key happenings that have uh, taken place across the NFL landscape since our last show, and uh, we'll have plenty to talk about as usual. All right, first things first, boys, you know, Drink of the Night, brought to you by String Sports Brewery in historic Springfield, uh, second location opening up soon, Jacksonville Beach off of Penman Road, and uh, I've got your traditional Miller Lite for tonight's show. The good stuff. The good stuff. There you go, all right, keeping it simple, moving it along. Wait, what did you say, Sam Adams? Just the haze. It's their. I, it's their NA. Mm. Okay. It's their. All it's right. their N- Actually, I uh, I polished off a bottle of Patron before we started this. Oh, yeah, but how how much was in the bottle? Uh like three shots worth. Okay, so that's good. That's that's doing some work. Nice little pregame, oh. uh, and I am drinking a. Mango High Noon all night. Hey, there we go. There we go. All right, boys, let's get into some of the bigger splash news of the week. Um, we talked about the uh, Tennessee Titans in the AFC South Division Dive a few episodes ago, but they were the headliners this past week in the signing of DeAndre Hopkins. He returns back to the division. Uh, two-year deal, $26 million in guarantees, $32 million in total dollars with uh, potential incentives. The Tennessee Titans made this move, in my opinion, out of uh, desperation. They were only really competing against the depth chart that they have at wide receiver, meaning that they didn't have anybody in the wide receiver room. So what do you think about DeAndre Hopkins going to the Titans? Does it move the needle for you? Do you think that help out the offense at all? I'm going to keep this very, very short. There's a reason why the odds in Vegas went from plus 8,000 for them to make the playoffs to plus 8,000 after they signed him. It does nothing. It, yeah. Literally, it's it's like I said a couple weeks ago on the show, there, there's, there's no team out there that needs a wide receiver that can afford him, and there's no team out there that doesn't need a wide receiver that can afford him that will move the needle. Anybody in playoff position has the wide receivers that they need. Anybody that is trying to get to the playoffs – him alone is not going to get them over the hump. What we're seeing right now. Yeah, yeah fair enough. I mean, um, it's still going to be centered around Tannehill, right? <laughs> I mean, that's that's the reality of it, though. It's how it's how good your quarterback plays. I mean, yep. Hopkins no. can't throw himself the ball. You're not wrong. I mean, look, one last thing. It's basically almost a similar kind of. AJ Brown, and let's be honest, he had a good season, couple of seasons, but like, you weren't sitting there shaking boots in a defense, going, "Oh my God, Titans pass attack." Let's be careful. He was really good. Do not get me wrong. I'm not taking away from his talent because clearly, the is a stud. But you're basically regurgitating the same thing with an older guy that's going to be less productive. So, no, good that's job. What they got, that's, that's what they got, Traylon Burks. <laughs> Way to 
Well, that's what, that's what they think they, they've got Traylon Burks for, but he had one <laughs> touchdown as a rookie. He's going to need to take a massive step up. When, when hitting touchdown score, that's a, um, yeah. like he list at all. Like, I mean, come on. Um, yeah, way to go, Titans, for making the division probably hopefully knock on wood. And sorry, Jacks fans, I hope that'll get it, but make it a little bit easier to run that division. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, Hopkins doesn't hurt the Titans, but I don't necessarily think it makes enough of an impact to where they're all of a sudden a uh, a front runner for the division or even a competitive enough you know wild card team. I think maybe people are are writing them off a little bit too soon, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to Ryan Tannehill playing quarterback, and I think we've seen that we've seen that book written already. Yeah, I've seen enough to know that it ain't happened. He's done so little that somebody who actually liked him as a quarterback has now gone, all right, I'm over it. See you later, buddy. Move on. Yeah. All right, let's get into the other um, the other topic before we move into our division dive on the NFC West. And it's been, you know, all over the um, the media just with the uh, the NFL running back situation, guys trying to get their contracts, obviously um, – the three that were franchise tagged, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, and Josh Jacobs. Pollard signed his tag, so no story there. The Cowboys may try to work out a deal with him on an extension uh, during the season or after the season. Jacobs and Barkley have not signed their franchise tag. The deadline to negotiate an extension passed at uh, 4 o'clock on Monday, uh, so it remains to be seen what's going to happen there. But obviously – the running backs across the league, whether it's Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, whoever it may be, Christian McCaffrey, are all speaking up to try to build a movement, push push a, uh, a spe- specific agenda that they're just as valuable as, as some of these other positions that are getting paid a ton of money. Now, of course, the old saying goes that you're only as valuable as much as uh, somebody's willing to pay you, which there is truth to that. Um, but there's certainly – on a case-by-case basis, some of these guys have, um, you know, some justification for getting paid more money at the position that they play. So it's been a topic of conversation. There's a lot of opinions going on out there about it. And at the end of the day, and everybody's got a different opinion, but I think at the end of the day, you look at that running back position and you say to yourself, well, what type of brand of football do we play schematically how much of an impact does the running back play in that system? And if it's, you know, if it's a Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Debo Samuel, Justin Jefferson type of impact, then by all means, that guy deserves to be, you know, a, a, if, he, if he's a top five player, he deserves top five money in his position. So where do you boys stand on kind of the value of the running back position and uh, how it's shaken out moving forward? Um, I'm going to, I'll get my sense out real quick. Cause I know Alex has got a, some really good poignant points and I definitely want him to have that floor. Um, everybody, I'll make it really quick on this. Uh, look, running backs, you don't have to have the ace number one paid running back to win a Super Bowl. You go back to 2009 and actually talk about it. You could technically argue 2007 giants. Cause guess what? They only had, they had two running backs that were split backfield. Basically. Um, you don't have to have, does it mean that it's going to hurt you that you have a top tier running back? No, it's just the simple point that 
it's that's being valued. Does it suck? Absolutely. Does Barkley deserve money? Absolutely. Does it fit within this market and what the team is going to do? And I'm not touch too much on that. Um, no, it, it really doesn't, unfortunately. And it's just a case where you got to look at it objectively. And it sucks to have to do that, especially when you're a passionate fan or just passionate about the NFL in general. But look, the Giants drew their line in the sand. They said what they're willing to do. And, you know, this wasn't the first offer they gave them either. So keep that in mind, too. It's not like the Giants held out trying to give an offer and only gave one and like, hey, sorry, tough shit. Um, you know, they tried to work on a deal. It took a long time because Barkley wanted in the landscape. Um, get paid big, and it was an AAV of 11 mil. So, you know, Barkley was asking for more than that, which is fair. It's fine, but it's just not landscape right now. And kudos, I can't believe I'm saying this, but kudos to you, Tony Pollard. Sign your fucking tag and let the team either for the next season or long term. Just sign the tag and play. It's guaranteed money. Yeah, I know it might not be the AAV you want, but it's better than at all or losing money for not playing. So kudos to yeah. you, Pollard, for taking in my opinion. So, Alex, I know you're ready. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier and I don't want to beat a dead horse, right? But when we, we're, we're talking about the schematic fit of a team, we're, we're talking about the Saquon Barkley situation specifically. I mean, you, you look at what he's asking for, and he's not wrong to ask for what he's asking for. Um, he views himself a little bit differently than the team has viewed him or put a value on him. Um, and I think that's the case with, with most people. I mean, most notably, we just seen the most, the most recent update would be um, friggin' uh, guard from uh, – Dallas. Yeah, Zach Martin from Zach the Martin Cowboys is is yeah. now threatening to to hold out until he gets a contract. I mean, the guy's the number one guard in the NFL and has been the number one guard in the NFL for for seasons, and he hasn't been compensated just you know justly. So like, there's situations where it's like, all right, yeah, we we need to we need to adjust what's going on. Does the running back market suck? Absolutely. Um, you know, based off of what I've seen in, in discussions that had been had, he was he was preparing to be utilized in a much different fashion than the team utilized him for. Um, what I want to do is I want to shut down the narrative that Saquon fell off the map uh, after the buy, uh, because that's bullshit. If you if you go and look at it, he he didn't fall off the map at all. Uh, team just stopped utilizing him in that scheme, and it's kind of something you touched on, Matt, but. Basically, what happened was the team said, "All right, we're switching from a power run offense and in, in a you know first second down run team to uh, a team that is going to be more pass focused and getting the ball down the field quicker, so we can score some points." Because let's face it, the Giants sucked at scoring points. Leading score for three seasons in a row now has been our kicker. So, um, I mean, yeah, that's a that I mean, it's a, it's a shitty thing to say, and it's a, but it, it that's just a fact. If we're going to go look at the statistics, yeah. it's it's a fact. So. Um, what I want to do though, is I want to highlight that this, this fucking witch hunt that's going on with Saquon right now and everybody taking this recent interview that he did and saying, oh, he should just shut up and take what he's getting. Okay. I I mean, I understand. I see where you're coming from at the same point. Um, but let's not say this guy has fallen off the map. He he's been in four different coaching schemes in the last five years and it has a point. He he's busted his ass. Yeah. He's had some injury histories. He's busted his ass to get the contract that he deserves. And I mean, people say, "Oh, it was only two million. You're right. You're, you're right. It, it was only it was only two million, um, but that that's his two million. I would say that he's earned it. 
um, to sit there and suggest that the guy is falling off a map, that he doesn't deserve what he's asking for, that he's being selfish and painting him in this light that he's just the most shittiest person known to man right now for asking what he's asking for is just absolutely asinine. I, I've never seen a fan base turn on somebody so fucking quickly um, because people want to take an excerpt from an interview that has absolutely no justification whatsoever and then see it just blasted everywhere on, on, on every social media outlet known to man absolutely just besmirching this guy. Like, please just sit the fuck down. Shut the fuck up. If you haven't realized that the team's going to utilize him in a different fashion and understand that he's right and, ju- and asking for what he's asking for, you you don't know football. I- I'm going to kindly ask that you just you just shut up moving forward because you don't know I, what the hell you're talking about. Points uh, and I'll leave it. Um, I mean, the one thing you mentioned is scoring. Look, nothing. It's not a knock against Barkley because, like you said, he had four different systems, basically four different you know schematic schemes he's got to worry about, and it's. it's Chaotic. I mean, the offense has been nothing but crap and chaos. But at the same time, like, like before last year, they were still a miserable team. So is that on Barkley? No. You got to look at the whole pa- you got to look at the whole package. It's not what you you're going to do, and it sucks that that's how it is. But that's how you got to pay guys. It's just the reality of the beast. Like with the way salary contracts are, like that's what you got to do. So. You know, it's again, it's a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people and fans, and it ties right into this because you called the fan base out. I think it's funny. Um, guess what, Giants fans? You're seeing something that you've never seen, and get used to it and buckle up because it's a whole different fucking mentality and mindset in New York right now. And it's the fact that you can see it previously in there, like Barkley's position for the Giants. Fucking Mara would have been running his fucking old fucking mouth, talking about this and that, da 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 da, putting pressure and da da. You didn't hear anything. You know why? Because it's a whole different regime, and they're like, no, we're taking control of this because shit's been way too like things have been handled. That clearly Mara had no effect. Shane didn't give a shit what the fan base thought. He's thinking his team. He's thinking about Super Bowls. He's thinking about building. He's thinking about now. He's not listening to noise. Clearly. And I think it's a great, refreshing thing. And some Giants fans who don't like it are going to kill for them to swallow because it's a different regime. Yeah. And know, uh, the, the final um, – yeah, exactly, exactly. The final point to it all as well is it comes down to simple math, right? You're paying your quarterbacks a premium amount of money if they're worth it, which cuts into a large percentage of the salary cap you know that you need to have a well-balanced team in order to be competitive in the league with an elite level quarterback. You start talking about paying a quarterback 40, 45, 50 million a year. And now you're saying, okay, we got to give 15 plus million to a running back as well. Now you're looking at $65 million in your backfield and yes, the salary cap goes up every year, but now you're talking about a large portion of your salary cap. So it comes down to simple math. And if you look at it, the teams that are winning, they have elite quarterbacks that are either are about to make a shit ton of money each year, but they're not doing it paired up with an elite top paid running back. I mean, the Chiefs, seventh round rookie, the Eagles with Jalen Hurts. They went ahead and got DeAndre Swift. They let Miles Sanders go because they didn't want to pay him. You look at the Bills. The Bills haven't had an elite top-level 
paid running back in Josh Allen's entire career. Now, the closest thing is Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon in Cincinnati, but Burrow hasn't gotten his big deal yet. And Mixon just took a pay cut because he knows Burrow's about to get his big deal. So you start to look at just the simple math and the combos. Look at where those top running backs are. San Francisco with McCaffrey. Do they have a top paid QB? Fuck no. Derrick Henry nope. in, in hey. Tennessee. Do they have a top rate paid quarterback? Fuck no. You know what I'm saying? Nick Chubb. Yes. Deshaun Watson makes a ton of money. So that one's probably the closest one you've got right now. But all in all, you go case by case. There is not a lot of teams that have it marriaged up where it's elite level quarterback with top shelf money, elite level running back with top shelf money. The simple math just doesn't work when you've got to put a, a full team on the field. I, I mean, you can't. You can't say it any clearer. It's, uh, I mean, look at what's going to happen, too. I know some Giants fans might not want to hear this either. Jones' contract is big right now, but as things settle out, it's not going to be as big of a contract as people are expecting. And, yeah, we know it goes, and I know it does, so before we all jump on it, it does, and I'm not saying it doesn't. But they're clearly thinking what they're going to do for the future and moving and adapting with the NFL. You don't need a power running back. Yeah, Eric Henry's great. Has it gotten him a Super Bowl? No, it sucks to say that, but at the end of the day, that's what you're trying to get. Yeah. By any means. Titans for relying on Derrick Henry because he's been a stud and been a, nothing short of just absolutely incredible and fascinating to watch. But yeah. he'll be a Hall of Fame end, running back who doesn't win a Super Bowl, just like with Damian Thomas, and it is what it is. At the end of the day, there's, there's a plenty. There's plenty of those. Like the 49ers are the best example. Like, yeah, they're paying a top tier running back, but guess what? Who are they paying at quarterback? Then nothing. I mean, Brock Purdy's a seventh round rookie. He's He's got a and, base salary of like 400K. One last thing, and it does kind of – it, it turns the needle against Barkley a little bit, and it's the only other point. I'll promise I'll be done. But, look, Aaron Jones settled in a, in a sense, not paying what Barkley wanted. Uh, Mixon, as you noted, took a pay cut. Like, Pollard played a, is playing on the tag. He already signed it. So there's three running backs that is still for themselves but still helping the team. Now, granted, yes, Barkley, get your money. I got it. Please do, but there is a harsh is being missed a little bit. I'm not going to trash anything close to what Alex is referring to. Some people, it's retarded, it's ridiculous. Y'all, yeah. y'all, y'all stupid. Exactly. But, all right. Well, let's uh, let's switch it over now to um, <laughs> our division dive subject. We're getting into the NFC West uh, this week, which has got. Some intriguing storylines, uh, very top-heavy, obviously, so we'll get into that. We'll start off with um, a team in the Arizona Cardinals who, I mean, they were a four-win team a year ago. Kyler Murray tore the ACL during the season. Uh, it went off a cliff from there. They had the sixth overall pick. They took an offensive tackle, which was a smart thing to do to try to protect uh, their their quarterback who may or may not even play this season. That's to be determined. Uh, He certainly won't start the season, but if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, first of all, God bless you. Uh, They've got a new head coach, a rookie head coach. They've got a rookie defensive coordinator, a rookie offensive coordinator. They got a new GM. Um, The over under win total for this team right now is sitting at five and a half. If you're a fan, I mean, I'm not, we're not even going to get into what concerns you as a fan because literally everything fucking concerns you. 
So if you're a fan, what's the realistic expectation you've got for this team this year? I, I think you just hope that you have a couple of fun highlight reels, a couple of fun games. It always seems to happen. You know, even bad teams find ways to have a compelling game. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's – it. you go through it. Um, again, yeah. though – I, I mean, this is full-blown rebuild. Which, again, I applaud them. Go after and get your – build the trenches. Start it there. Can't, I can't fault them at all. I like the move. We all said it. So, man, grit and bear a rough season. Just enjoy it. It's football. Just still enjoy it. At least it's still football, I guess. I, I don't know. So, here's my question. If you're an Arizona Cardinals fan – are you hoping that you're the worst team in the league and the Houston Texans are the second worst team in the league so that you can have the top two picks in the draft? I hate the tank mentality because I think it's just awful and it's just negative and it's shitty. But, I mean, really, you're still not going to be that competitive to begin with. So, I mean, really, realistically, yeah, you probably got to be sitting there thinking as a fan, like, well, we bear this year. We get two draft two, two like – Let's let's fucking go. Then we then then we can either find a quarterback. We can build another line. You, uh, it gives you a lot to build for the future, which is what this team is gonna attempt to start doing. Yeah, I mean they have to, right? I mean, if you yeah. if you go and you look at the roster, I mean, where where do you even feel good about the roster? Mm-hmm. <laughs> good. Uh, weirdly enough, I will say. As crazy as this is, I like the development of where the line could potentially get. It's still going to be really rough, but I at least at least applaud that. Uh, other than that, yeah, it's um, uh, nowhere. That's what I'm saying. I mean, where where do you feel good about it? Nowhere. There's nowhere to feel good about that roster. And anybody that thinks Kyler Murray coming off his ACL again is going to be good come week one. Well, where you where you even go? Where is the team even going to be when he comes back this season? If he comes back, like, well, I mean, they're not they're not going to win many games. I mean, Colt McCoy and Clayton Tune are your quarterbacks right now. Yeah, kind of my point. Who's the wide receivers? Well, that's that's the other thing. I mean, they've got a bunch of you know they've got a bunch of five eight trap guys with Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, Greg Dortch. What else do they have? That, that, they don't got nothing. A brand I mean, that, that doesn't even strike fear. They got the point, they can, I mean, literally, they're, they're a one-man team with with Buda Baker. That's it. They're, I mean, Buda those guys are in a brand-new head coach. They don't got oh. shit. Yeah, a head I mean, coach that the Philadelphia Eagle fans were happy left their team. I mean, look, Buda Baker, Buda Baker, top, but – I yeah, mean, but that one man so, ain't gonna change the course of that team. I was just saying, so he's so buried I, because such poor. Like, I mean, you're gonna stick it. You could say, oh well, they could try to run the ball with James Connor. Yeah, okay, because that's gonna work real well. Yeah, but I mean, not- listen, there, there's not really anything behind James Connor when it comes Is to it depth, me- and he's and he's had injury issues. It's really so. shocking to look after. And I can't even like I look at this roster and I'm like, how do you guys even make the like how, like how much under the salary cap are you like? Cause, well, I mean like, they they're paying they're they're really only paying Buddha and I mean 
just getting paid at left tackle, which right. if they're smart, they'll move Humphreys over to right tackle and let Paris Johnson play left tackle and take his lumps even as a rookie. Just let that happen. But, I mean, all in all, I mean, you look at this team right now and you say to yourself, if you're a fan, I mean, you, you're, you're on the road against Washington. You host the Giants and the Cowboys weeks two and week three. Then you got to go back on the road for your first division game against the 49ers. Then you host the Bengals. I mean, you're going to be 0-5 probably before you go to the Rams. And that's not a gimme, but that may be a game that you have a chance to win. I mean, they're, they're playing a week 14 bye. So they got that late bye that we talked about before. I mean, this team could have one or two wins going into week 14. But, I mean, even if you look at the, the schedule going into that uh, week eight trade deadline, I mean, they, they could be a one-in-seven football team. And at that point, I'm like, all right, I'm trading Buda Baker, getting what I can. This is – we're throwing in the flag. This is full-blown rebuild and just go from there. Don't even let Kyler Murray play and just go from there. Terrible. It is. It's bad. I mean – it is bad. And here, so we'll end up on this. Let's say, totally hypothetical, obviously, but let's just say that the Cardinals finish with their pick being a top two pick and they have the Houston Texans pick and that pick finishes top two. So they, they own the first two picks in the draft. They trade Buda Baker at the deadline and they get, a say, a second round pick and they package up two of their seconds to get back into the first with somebody um, and so now they've got three first-round picks, including two at the top of the draft. Kyler Murray coming off an ACL. You've got Caleb Williams at quarterback and Marvin Harrison Jr. at wide receiver, two of the top prospects at their relative positions to come out in a long time. Or do you just say, we're going to fucking draft Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr., quarterback, wide receiver, and we'll just fucking eat the money with Kyler Murray? Um, now his dead cap would be an insane piece of pie to eat, but could, could they do that? I would say because of the dead cap that they would have to eat for him. No. They've clearly, they've clearly tied themselves to him, uh, which is regrettable. For him. Yeah. They did it way too early. Uh, it's clearly calling the shots. So, uh, yeah, good luck. Yeah. Yeah, this team's in for a world of hurt in terms of just a, a roster build and a roster management. Um, I, I kind of feel bad for Cardinal fans just because they're going to be in they're going to be in for some dark purgatory type days for a number of seasons. Yeah, it's going to go back to being completely irrelevant. I mean, Carson Palmer was the last time you guys were relevant before friggin' uh... <laughs> yeah, before they got Kyler and had a had a little quick hiccup of a playoff run. That- out so hot for you so good luck <laughs> exactly all right let's move it up the road over to la we got the rams who obviously won a super bowl a couple of years ago had to mortgage the farm for it they went five and 12 this past season obviously a lot of injuries cooper cup aaron donald among them um you know when the top two players arguably in the league at their position go down you're not going to win a lot of football games uh this team hasn't made a freaking first round draft selection since 2016 um now granted they have been one of the better teams in the league at hitting on late round picks which has allowed them to be 
as successful and competitive as they are. So I do give them their kudos for that. But eventually when you don't have elite talent, it starts to catch up with you. So that's, that's one thing. But if you're a Rams fan coming into this season, what's realistic expectations? McVay is still there at the head coach. Stafford's still there at quarterback. Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald are there healthy. What are your expectations as a fan? I think this is a team that is signified. They know it's going to be a tough road. Um, recently, Stafford has attempted to redo his deal with the team, and they have refused to do it. So that tells me that they're just going to write out the contract that he has and then move on. Which I think is the right play. I, I think it yep. is, too. I, I think it needs to be done. Uh, the guys, you know, obviously coming off a very serious injury. They got um, their Super Bowl with him. Yeah, I mean, Stafford got a Super Bowl. You know, Matt loves his fucking Georgia quarterback. So, uh, you know, good on him there. He don't have to worry about nothing. I just I just feel like this is a team that if if fans are, are going to be realistic in their expectations, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make the – the playoffs again but i mean if they do you know good on them that's pretty freaking cool i just i feel like they're i'm, I'm torn in the middle between this team because they clearly have talent all around the ball um sean mcveigh is not a bad head coach right it's just the situation of injuries that kind of screwed them uh, getting towards the end of the season there and now they've got to find a way to build, even though they don't have, they don't have the ability to build they don't have any resources to be able to push that around so um, I think it'll be a fun team to watch. A couple will be coming back and he'll be healthy. They seem to have addressed the run game like they needed to. So it's just kind of one of those, you know, prepare for the worst, hope for the best type situations. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah I, I, I kind of – something along those lines. Um, yeah. I, it's, I mean, if, uh, you look at their, if you look at their roster, what do you feel good about? I mean, you've got talent through – you know, I would, most defense, I, was, I would feel good about their defense. I'd feel good about their, their wide receiver core. Their offensive line is still pretty good. Uh, Running back position, bad. I mean, their defense is obviously their, their bread and butter, and that, that hasn't worsened. Aaron Donald said he is coming back. Um, they, they've got talent everywhere on the defensive side of the ball. It's just a matter of whether or not they can find a way to, you know, prevent injury on him. Like I said, prevent injuries. If they can prevent injuries on offense, then you know, we'll see a, a high power team again. Um, and they'll be fun to watch. But if, if they run down a road of injury-prone all season, like we saw, then it's going it's to it's, it's Rams fans yep. are going to be in pain. It'd be like watching St. Louis all over again. Their depth's a little bit, you know, to be desired as a whole. But, I mean, yeah. I don't have, you know, prepare for the worst, hope for the best, because they probably will be a team that will fall somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, their their win loss total right now is sitting at seven and a half. I'd be looking at the under, yep. and for a couple of reasons. One, you're you're banking on your top two players on each side of the ball staying healthy for the whole season, which can happen. Um, but Cup and Donald were hurt, and if those guys go down, we've already seen what kind of a train wreck it can be. And if Cup goes down, you start relying on. Van Jefferson, Demarcus Robinson, Tutu Atwell, and Ben Skoranek. That doesn't that doesn't give me a whole heck of a lot of confidence if I'm a fan. And on the defensive side of the ball, if Aaron Donald goes down, who's getting pressure on the quarterback between Kobe Turner, Bobby Brown, 
Ernest Jones, Marquise. I mean, literally, I would be impressed if the average or even the diehard St. Los Angeles Rams fan knows some of the guys on this roster because it's going to be a it's going to be a mismatch of players that are going to have to step up and make a name for themselves because they don't have the same name recognition that they had in the past with Leonard Floyd and Jalen Ramsey and Taylor Rapp. Those dudes are all off that defense. Yeah, it's just it's just ugly. It really is a situation where there's there's talent on both sides of the ball when healthy. They've got a great coach. I mean, there, there, there's yeah, look probably at the a team. top five, top seven coach. Right. So when you look at the team, I mean, it's, they're not a bad team. They're just they've been hit with some real shitty situations recently. And that is that is unfortunate for them. But that's what happens. You said it earlier. You, you mortgage the farm to win. Well, you, you got your win. Now you gotta yeah. pay the. Now you gotta pay your freaking taxes. Well, well like say. Matt said, it's really, it's really the depth concern. Just because you haven't had those first round picks, it's finally caught up with you. This is again, you know. I hate to be corny with this, but you know, and I may catch some heat for this, but like, you make a deal with the devil. Now you're paying fucking consequence. Like, you went all in on the team you had to win a Super Bowl. Okay, cool. Hope it. Didn't, hope you enjoyed it. Because you got one. Yeah, I mean, there's not another one coming anytime soon. That's for sure. So no. I mean, we'll that's see. I mean, that's where all this kind of in the play. Like we just beat a dead horse on. Because you got to yeah. plan ahead. You might try to squander one Super Bowl out of it. Which hey, some franchises don't take this person. Don't have them. But you know, there's a cost and a risk when you go all in for one Super Bowl like they did. Absolutely. And I mean, like I said, you look at the team and I think you could say that the Los Angeles Rams are one of the um, more, quote unquote, fragile teams in the league. And what I mean by that is they're one superstar injury, whether it's Cooper Cup or Aaron Donald away from just things falling off the rails again. So it's a very fragile ecosystem with their roster. And that's probably the biggest concern if you're a Rams fan is if one of those dudes on either side of the ball goes down, the whole the whole fort crumbles with them. So we'll see. I, I would not expect them to be much better than um, than five wins. They could get to six or seven if everything goes right. Um, but I think that's probably going to be the ceiling. We'll see how it shakes out for them now. This next team, certainly on the rise. They were a playoff team a year ago, Seattle Seahawks. They were a nine-win football team last year. Obviously got into the wild card round of the playoff, got eliminated by the 49ers. Lots of, um, lots of things to be excited about if you're a Seahawks fan. Obviously, uh, you know, Kenneth Walker was a, a good rookie running back last year. They had two first-round picks this year where they brought in Devin Witherspoon at corner and Jackson Smith and Jigba at wide receiver to go along with D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. The offensive line's got two second-year offensive tackles that were both very good as rookies. So there's a lot of positives. So if you're looking at this team going into this season, what's a realistic expectation as a Seahawks fan? Assuming Geno Smith doesn't do Geno Smith things. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, the realistic expectation is that this team is making the playoffs again. Yeah, that's going to percent hands down. Oh, yeah. We'll make the playoffs again. That's going to be my running theme this entire season for the Seahawks. Not the 
You want to talk about fragile? They got talent. Don't get me wrong. Geno Smith was had an anomaly of a career year, which helped him. If you don't have the camp kind of year from him, what are you doing? Yeah, well, let's face it. If Drew Locke has to play quarterback for you guys, you're in trouble. Yeah, Look, 100%. the running game, don't get me wrong. Steve, you make great points. Tackles are good. I mean, shit, sure up the ends of your than anybody. I don't know if the Seahawks have done it faster. Like, nobody's probably – you may have your locked-in tackles for the future already at the same time, which is pretty wild. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, Cross and Lucas are, are going to be bookends for them. Which is it, – it's that's a – more to Seattle because that's that's winning the lotto essentially. Um, but again, look, cool. The story's great. Yeah, cool. Comeback player or whatever. I, I don't understand how it's a comeback player, but sure, whatever. Um, we know our argument on that. Um, but again, you're a lot that's pretty late in his career to somehow all of a sudden be a different quarterback than he's been for a longer, consistent period of time. Than I just yeah. Uh, going to happen so not that I'm not optimistic for them if I'm a fan well he's got to make you be a believer right he's got to do it again yeah he's, well, I mean it can't be one season it's got to be you got to do it again you got to prove that it's not it wasn't just a fluke he, you got to do it again and if he does it again then all right you know we'll see I I, I still think they're a playoff team uh regardless yeah. I think that they'll be you know they'll be just fine but do, do it again first you know like do me a favor and do it again yeah I do think there's enough yeah. talent that this team can go through some, you know, I'm going to call it a second year, you know, because it feels like that. Um, you know, I agree, Alex. They're, yeah, they're, they're probably going to be sitting looking at a playoff team or being right on the bubble, depending on how the quarterback play goes realistically or if there's any injuries, knock on wood for them. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there's young talent. This probably is one of the more young, talented, intriguing teams um in the nfl right now just because i've i mean i said it last year as it was happening and i'll say going into here walker might be one of the best running backs that's going to be in the young pool i mean the dude's a stud yeah. like yeah and he's gonna rookie. have he's gonna have plenty of help on offense with their ability to spread the ball around um i mean not it's like a they got very balanced work. roster well it's not like addressing uh you know jsn i mean yeah, they definitely didn't get worse. I mean, they brought in Zach Charbonnet, so he's going to have a guy that can back him up. He doesn't it's have a good to be the bell cow. Focal point. The young receiver who's a stud that's going to have to be at a focal point of your team, like, that's a win-win. Because he gets to learn, exactly. he gets to develop. You know, he gets time to have, you know, a or not have many reps in the game just because of the way the scheme is for the team or whatever it is. Like, that helps him have a much longer – career in my opinion so i think we get with alex play like bubble playoff team yeah i mean i th- this expectation i think should be to get back into the dance again i mean there's no reason why this team can't win nine or ten and get back there there's great balance on both sides of the ball if you if you look at it and you say okay what's my one concern you say okay maybe it's my defensive line besides jerron reed and draymond jones um you know hopefully our rookie second-round pick, Derek Hall, can be a good pass rusher. I think that's the biggest question mark is where are they going to get the pass rush besides uh, Draymond Jones and Jerron Reed? Um, they're going to need a third guy to be able to do that. Off-ball linebackers, obviously Bobby Wagner, Jordan Brooks, very good off-ball linebackers. Uchenna Nwosa on the edge uh, will have to continue to step up. So it's really 
who's going to bring the pass rush? Can the can the front seven um, remain stout, especially against the run? The secondary, I think, is on the verge of being elite-level secondary. Tariq Woolen was obviously a stud as a rookie, finished second in the Rookie of the Year, uh, voting behind Sauce Gardner. The safety combo with Quandre Diggs and Jamal Adams is very good, even with Julian Love um, there as kind of their nickel and their third safety. So I think that the secondary is on the verge of being probably a, a top five secondary unit in the league. So mostly, mostly good vibes out there in Seattle. I think um, we all know it will come down to how Gino responds year two. So we'll see. Now, obviously the, uh, the Kings of the division, the San Francisco 49ers, 13 win football team a year ago that made it to the NFC championship game where they literally lost every quarterback on their roster. And once that happened, the game was over. The Eagles were obviously too good and dominated. That quarterback question is still the question as we head into the season. Will will Brock Purdy be healthy? Is it going to be Sam Darnold? Is it going to be Trey Lance? Obviously those are all concerns if you're a, a San Francisco 49ers fan. So Besides the the obvious question of what's your expectation, which as a fan, it should be win the division and compete for a Super Bowl again. The question we'll start off with is who is the week one starter at quarterback for this team? I mean, I'm just going to say that's a tough one. I think it's going to be Sam Darnold. I really do. I really do. Um, it sounds insane, but I mean, realistically, if Purdy's not there, at least had reps because you're really basically going to try to bridge the gap to get Purdy back because they're going to. Uh, you know, right. we all know Alex's viewpoint of Brock Purdy. Um, I, I think they're still going to be screwed at quarterback, regardless. That's just my take. Quarterback play is going to be pretty weak. They've got an incredible system that has seemed to work no matter who is throwing the ball to a certain degree. We saw it. But if you if you notice something about their system, all their quarterbacks get hurt in their system. That's I was, you were, I was damn it. Beat me right to it. I was just gonna say the only thing that's odd is they keep getting hurt. So like is it just Garoppolo, gonna be below Lance, everybody. The so is somehow whoever stays healthy that much better. Um you know. Ah, possible, but this 49ers team, if they had Cam Newton in his MVP year, would be unstoppable. Oh, God, it would be it would be nauseating touchdowns they'd have. That's the kind of quarterback that they need, though, because of the type of hits that this that these QBs take in this system and everything like that. Like, they need a Dante Culpepper, Cam Newton, you know, Big Ben type of quarterback in this system because they've got all of these, you know, smaller West Coast type of QBs. Purdy's not small in terms of like he's got some stature to him, but he's still only six one. So there's only so much that frame. Like That's what I'm saying, you need a six four, six five athletic. I actually think they need an athletic. Like yeah, Newton was in his prime, but like and Culpepper. But if you had like an athletic quarterback, and I mean like that can really move at six five. It'll be a, even scary saying a lot since this team is pretty nasty to begin with. Literally, quarterbacks are your only concern. I mean, really. Like, yeah, I mean, you look at this roster and you look at the depth chart, Alex. I mean, yeah, there's there's maybe a couple of questions on the offensive line because you've got some newcomers 
who have to replace some key starters. But other than that, I mean, you got to feel pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, to me, Trey Lance is going to end up winning the starting job if Brock Purdy isn't available. Well, now, is that more of a, hey, we traded up and made him the third overall pick type of decision, or they actually think he's the best situation? I, I think – I personally think he would be the best situation for them. Sam Darnold has proven that he is not a starting quarterback uh, in this league, period. Um, I don't even know how he got I – mean, I've been calling him syndrome since he got drafted. So, uh, you know, I, I, mean, exactly. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why the experts couldn't see it, um, but – He's not a starting quarterback caliber. He's literally a contingency plan in the event that both Trey Lance and Brock Purdy are unavailable. Um, They were comfortable enough to let Jimmy Garoppolo go. So that tells me they're looking towards the future. And Trey Lance is a part of that plan. Uh, Brock Purdy has earned the right to start for that team. He showed that last year. You guys know my thoughts on him. So I think when he is healthy and available, they'll give him an opportunity to get that job back. But, there's no way in fucking hell Sam Syndrome Darnold is going to beat out Trey Lance, who's obviously he's not that good, and it's only because of injury. Um, but there's no way he's going to beat out Trey Lance for the starting. Game. I mean, I just, I just don't see it happening. Every, all the reports I've seen about Trey Lance so far are that the dude is miles ahead of everybody and where he was at in the last three seasons, regardless of injury. He was looking good. Oh. The injury took place, and then injury happened, and he wasn't able to play. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm personally leaning towards him. I, that's that's fine and dandy. That's that's also practice. I mean, okay. well, I mean, they're going to have to play. We're going to see. We're going to see what happens when we get to the preseason because somebody's got to fucking hike the ball. This will definitely be fun for everybody to listen to because I think me and Alex, this will be one of those fun topics. All you we're just going to disagree on. I look, Sam Darnold sucks. I'm not trying to sit here and say Sam Darnold's good. He sucks. He's terrible. Exact definition. Like, he's a backup quarterback. Well, guess what? Backup quarterbacks only have to be good for a handful of games, which you never know with this system. Darnold could probably find something as crazy as that. No, you're not wrong. I'm just, there's no way in hell you can convince me that he's going to beat out. But here's the only thing. While I'm arguing that Darnold could probably get the edge by the system, essentially. Not the future. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I know Purdy earned it because of the play he had, but they're thinking Purdy. So is Lance really part of that? Like, no. They're trying to wait on that. In some way, shape, or form. I don't think he's part of the future at all. I think they're going to work with Purdy. I think they bought the rest of everybody did, touting this guy as, like, the next coming of Christ at quarterback for the 49ers. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, he did what nine games? Come on! I mean, look, I look. He was good, but nine games—that is too small. No, yes. Um, well, we'll see what happens when he gets back in, right? Yeah, I mean, again, because I mean, when he's he- when he's healthy, the they're going to play. The we're, the question we're, we're, was, who's going to be the starting quarterback? If Brock Purdy's not available, my answer is fucking Trey Lance. It's not Sam Darnold. No, I, I, look, again, we're just grasping at straws because realistically, Brock Purdy's the starter of this team. I, I mean, that's pretty obvious. I mean, yeah. the question the question becomes, when is Purdy ready? And how does this team look and operate 
while they're waiting for him because I mean you know, you've got they've got a win now team and they just need a quarterback that doesn't lose them the game. I mean they're going to probably have to weather the beginning of the year. Just kind of I'm not look they're it's wild again as wild as it is with grass with straws the system is good enough on this team that you still should have to go fuck we got to play the Niners I don't care who's getting the ball um, under center like. Are still going damn top tier team. I mean, there's no yeah, question. Not, not with Sam Donald. Well, they they are really going to need Brock Purdy by the well, time I week guess, five rolls around. I was going to say week. That's I was going to say about week five with Dallas. You know, that's because you got Eric. Could that be the game that they try to get him back for? Because it could be like a tune-up game essentially. Probably smart. Put him in the first half. See how he. Great, cool. If not, you know, you've at least seen where he's at. You're yeah, if, he get, if he's not ready or if he gets hurt and he's done, then they're, the outlook on I mean, their season true. takes a completely different uh, shade of gray. I think no matter what happens, whether I get the answer right of Darnold or – and I have to admit that I was wrong, gets Lance. <laughs> it, either way, it's going to be proof of how good is the system truly. Um, I, yeah. That probably either of these guys will – be decent enough to win games. The defense is just absolutely nasty. We talked about McCaffrey for a reason. He's the best running in the league by far and large. And it's not like they don't have, you know, n- nobody's at receiver. Like, they have a pass. Yeah, I mean, they're, ta- they're talented everywhere. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I okay. think that, you know, if they can survive the first, really the first three games, I mean, they've got to play Pittsburgh. They've got the Rams, and then they've got to play the Giants. I mean, if they can get through the first three games, which and... right, so you got. I mean, they got to get through those first three games, and if they can stay, you know, afloat, you know, they should be fine against the Cardinals, no matter who their quarterback is. So, really, their season starts Week Five against Dallas. You know, if they can go two and two in their first four they've got a chance. I would expect them to beat the Rams and beat the Cardinals. I don't, you know, beating Pittsburgh and beating the Giants are, is going to be a tougher task if they've got a, a backup quarterback in. We'll see. But the offensive line is going to have to fucking keep that quarterback healthy. I mean, yes, they've got Trent Williams at left tackle and Aaron Banks is an up-and-coming uh, offensive guard, but Colton McKivitz has got to replace Mike McGlinchey, Spencer Burford. At the other guard spot's going to be a first-year starter. I mean, you're talking about key offensive line play um, with guys that haven't proven they could do it yet. Um, not to ask the uh, like oblivious question, but what is the predicted timetable now? We're still for Purdy. Do we know? I mean, I mean, they didn't even think a, a, a throwing program was expected until September. Well, the fucking season starts the first week of September. And if you're yes. telling me that he can't get on a throwing program until then, well, shit. So, to, I, I'm not the doctor. I haven't seen the scans. But if that's if that's what I heard, I would be like, well, shit, he's missing the first month of the season for sure. Yeah, he'd be hurt. He'd be hurt. I, I, dude. You missed the first I, month of the season. I mean, that's that's your first four games. I mean, if he's, you know. Throwing him into the fire in that Dallas game, you know, first game out, I don't know. But then again, it don't get a, whole you're actually, a lot easier I mean, after that because you – It's a, exactly. it's a, 
it's a tough little stretch there because it's at Cleveland. If he's not play. ahead of schedule with an all clear, it's almost to the point where you say, do we just try to get to the week nine bye, and then we put in we put in Purdy for a stretch run the rest of the the rest of the season, week ten through week eighteen. Well, evidently Maybe. all he did it. I mean, evidently all he had to do was play nine games last year anyway. So you know, well, kidding. I mean, it's Regardless, it's a it's a it's a it's a slippery slope if if he's not ready. You know, I mean, I I guess the other part of that equation is, well, how how good or how bad is the quarterback play without him? Like, if they're playing good and there's no need to rush him back, that's one thing. But, I mean, if Lance and Darnold combo is atrocious and it's costing him games or it's not giving them the ability to win games, then that urgency is going to kick in to get him out there. So it's gonna I mean, be it's gonna be they're they're fascinating. I mean, their over under win total is sitting at ten and a half. I mean, they won thirteen last year. Do the does it look like they can win eleven games this year? Yes, but that's how many how many football games are you getting Brock Purdy at quarterback versus Sam Darnold or Trey Lance? Do you think they can win eleven games if they gotta play the majority of the season with Lance or Darnold? I don't know if I'd make that bet. If Lance can stay healthy, I think they can, but not Donald. Yeah, I definitely I mean, would make the bet with Donald. I'll even admit that. Like, even if Donald's one, like, he's only going to get you a handful of games, and then he's going to fall off the cliff because it's Sam Donald. Like, even this system can't support him that long. He'll get a handful of games that look mediocre and not cost a game necessarily. I mean, that's the only thing I'm going to say, though, is, like, this is really a fascinating chance to see how important a system really is because – you know, you could make the argument that, like, like Steve said, like if they're playing decent, like, you know, you got a different. It's a little bit of a different question now. It's like, okay, when do we bring back Party back? You know, do we get to that week nine by and then have a tale of two halves of the season, basically? Or you know, Alex seems I like he seems to lean towards Lance. If Lance is decent enough, like Alex thinks, like shit. You could have a competitive team even at first before to buy. You could. I mean, there's just a lot of unknown. You gotta you gotta wait and see with with that situation, which makes which makes their outlook very um, very unique. The ten win is an interesting one. Well, that's, yeah, that's what, what I'm, I'm saying. Like, you've got, you know, basically, they're one of those teams that have that almost dead center buy. So you literally could have a tale of two halves. They could be, you know, three wins, four wins going into the bye and then still come out winning 10 games. Right. Like, they're they're yeah, especially for the fact that they are a defending, you know, um, runner-up to the conference and division winner. They're, like, they would already have eyes on them. Now eyes are even more because of what's going to happen. So – Definitely a fascinating team. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's 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 probably one of the biggest question marks going into training camp and going into the season is just that quarterback situation in general and what the timeline is for Purdy, who wins the job if he's not ready to go, you know, how good do they play with the team around them. It's just there's just a lot. It layers. It really, of it. Is, it really is wild to look at look at the the freaking San Francisco 49ers and be like Jesus. This is a, this 
this is a Super Bowl team, but the one position they're struggling with right now because of injury is the one position that is the most important to the team. And that's yeah, the it's literally the only missing piece I to mean, the puzzle. They, they are the they are the they are a Super Bowl competing team without a quarterback right now. Like that is that yeah. just that tells you the important. It goes back to what we talked about earlier, where you you pay a lot of money for a certain position and you can't pay for another one, and you're left you're left you're left hanging it now. If if the 49ers can go on with Brock Purdy and, and or Trey Lance and win a Super Bowl, which you know isn't likely, but if they can go on and do it, then that that changes the narrative for running backs, right? But um, so far, time has proven that you you need a, a, a at least above average quarterback in order to to be relevant in that situation. Yeah, you got to have someone competent enough just to be competitive. You have to be elite if you want to win the the Lombardi. So we'll see, but. Next week, we will uh, we'll continue on our Division Dive uh, series. We will look over to the uh, AFC side and look at the AFC East, uh, which will have plenty to talk about in a division that is obviously one of the more highlighted divisions in the league, uh, partially because of East Coast bias and media, but also because of some of the uh, name brands of the teams and players. So we'll get into that. But if you're a fan of the Cardinals or the Rams or the Seahawks or the 49ers. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Uh, you, you definitely have different levels of expectations for your team this year. We just hope that whatever those expectations are, you enjoy the football season regardless. So for myself and for Alex and Matt, it's been episode number 158 of Found the Pigskin, where it's all football all the time. And we will see you next week.